Hey, Portland and Seattle, we are coming to see you live next January. Yep, on January 15th, we're going to be in beautiful Seattle, Washington at the Moore Theater. Hooray! And then on January 16th, the next night, we're going to be at Revolution Hall in Portland. And we are super psyched for these, right, Chuck? That's right. These tickets are going fast, so for all the deets, go to our live home on the web, SYSKLive.com. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. There's Jerry over there. And they are both loaded on bath salts. <laughs> no, we're not. No, you're not. Like, you even need to say that. Everybody knows you're not on bath salts. Yeah. And so, COA time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about the drug bath salts. It's not just about us chatting about how lovely it is to soak in a tub. With... Do, you, do you remember how confusing it was when these first came out, being an old person? Yeah, they're like, is that a, a bad thing? Like, are they actually snorting <laughs> bath salts? Right. Yeah. Uh, so even though we, a lot of this episode about the drug bath salts will be about the incorrect hysteria surrounding mm-hmm. bath salts, much like the crack episode. You should still not ever do bath salts. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it's not an, an endorsement for going and trying no, bath salts. They're so 2011 news. anyway. Yeah, but but there is a lot of interesting hysteria surrounding this, kind of like uh, <clears throat> PCP and crack and all this stuff. Yeah, uh, it's a great – it's a really great study in how the media can really fuel drug hysteria. Uh-huh. And not only how they can, how every time a new drug comes out, they do. Yeah. Because it's, anytime the media scares everybody, people – pay more attention to the news yeah. and the media makes more money. Mm-hmm. So they have a, a, a reason to scare people. And this is a great example of it. But it, it is also an example of reality coinciding with hysteria, too. There was some really messed up stuff that did happen Yes, on bath salts, just not nearly as widespread as people thought. Yeah. It's stay off the bath salts. It's not <laughs> exactly... Uh, so I guess our story mm-hmm. sort of starts in 2010 ish, mm-hmm. uh, when this new, uh, drug appeared on the scene. And it is a, what they call a designer drug, meaning that it is created by a person, um, synthetically. And in this case, it's. Rather than God. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, it's something called uh, synthetic uh, cathinone, which we'll, we'll get into all the, the chemical stuff in a bit. Okay. But um, and I was shocked to learn that designer drugs there's like several hundred a year. Is that what it said? Like two hundred and fifty something in Europe. So there's per a, year? we uh, we worked also off of a Smithsonian article that was great called "No Bath Salts Won't Turn You Into a Cannibal." Yes, and the author mentions um that there was yeah like I think from 2009 till 2014 or 15. Oh okay, there was like 279 new designer drugs that hit the market. That's so scary. Uh, sure, yes. Um, the reason why, though, is because designer drugs are easily tweaked. Right. And the reason that they tweak them just ever so slightly is because governments tend to outlaw specific mm-hmm. chemicals. Right. And they do that by um, the chemical composition. Well, if you add like a covalent bond here or a hydrogen atom there or whatever, I don't know. I'm not a chemist. But if you alter it ever so slightly, so it still has basically the same effect – 
but is a different chemical than yeah. the one that's outlawed, you can then turn around and sell that legally for a while until that chemical composition gets outlawed. Yeah, it's uh, in this article is rightfully referred to as a cycle and a very tough cycle to battle mm-hmm. as far as drug enforcement goes. That's right. Uh, it's, it's a new day and age uh, with the synthetic drug thing. But it's, it does seem like if the media gets the nation on board, then the, the drug warriors can be like, ah, that's outlawed now. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. All right, so 2010, what's going on? 2010, uh, over in London, I believe, mm-hmm. a drug called uh, Mephadrone got kind of big. Meth as in M-E-P-H. Yeah, me- I'm, I'm not like lisping. <laughs> it sounded like you Mephedrone, yeah. also known as Meow Meow, yeah. which is probably the greatest <laughs> drug slang name of all time. Although there's another one in here that we'll get to that may be even better than Meow Meow. But I think I'm just going to call everything Meow Meow from now on. Yeah, I just like the idea of someone like, <clears throat> you know, walking up to a guy on the street corner and say, hey, man, you got some Meow Meow? Right. <laughs> so I got you hooked up right. with Meow Meow. And the, the guy's like, you know, you could just say Meow and you yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> It's like, no, it's better if you say it twice. He said, I, could, I can also hook up your kitty with some meow mix. Right. <laughs> so this this stuff kind of hit the scene in Europe. And then in very short, in very short order, um, it made its way over to the U.S. as well. And it was really popular all of a sudden among club kids, ravers. Yeah. People who enjoy getting high on drugs really liked it a lot. Yeah, and wearing pants with wide uh, legs. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a big one still probably. Although that I think thing? that's like goths now. Like oh, okay. now, ravers are called goth kids. There's like been really? a convergence. Yeah, it's weird, huh. but they're all like f- into fluorescent. It's 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 a bizarre convergence that happened somewhere in our rear view. Yeah, yeah. After sure. after we kind of moved out of that. I mean, I was post rave. Like I I wasn't in that scene even. I was too old for that. I was Perry rave. <laughs> what does that mean? Like right in. Oh, you were sure. Did you go to those things? Yeah, I went to the. Uh, I might have told the story once, but I lived in a warehouse in Atlanta one year, and actually it was right at the turn of uh, 2000, and they had raves at the, these warehouses mm-hmm. for a while. And I went to one. Me and my buddies were like, all right, let's do it. Mm-mm. And uh, eh, wasn't my scene. Yeah. But we had one friend our age that was really into it, and he even wore the clothes. And <laughs> I was like, dude, you're too old to be wearing this stuff. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> you shall remain nameless. I know exactly who it is, I'll bet. No, you don't. Oh, okay. I don't think you know this guy. Oh, okay. Who I are you going to say that? I'm not going to say now then. Oh, okay. Okay. You'll tell me off mic. Maybe so. So anyway, uh, 2010, long, long, long after Chuck went to his rave and I went to my rave, mm-hmm. Um this this new drug hit the scene and the reason one of the reasons it was so popular and became very widespread like out of nowhere mm. was because you could go to a head shop you could go to like a spencer's maybe yeah you could go to the mall you could go to a gas station yeah. you could go to like a skate shop and buy this stuff and it was called bath salts and some of them they had like brand names on some of the Bath salts like uh, Locomotion, Vanilla Sky, Zoom, Ocean Snow. Like every dumb name you can think of is Uh what they call them. But they were all generally uh, lumped into this new drug, bath salts. It was all meow meow. And it was totally (laughs) legal. Yeah. And if you looked on the label, it would say (laughs) – I love that name. (laughs) No. If you looked on the label, it would say, not for human consumption. Mm -hmm. This is pond cleaner. Right. (laughs) Or (laughs) – or vacuum refreshener. So buy it and snort it. Right. Um, or uh, uh, 
plant food? Yeah, plant food was another one. Yeah. Fertilizer, something like that, right? <clears throat> and then, yes, you would buy this packet. I think it was like 50 bucks for 50 milligrams or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know how much that is. Um, I, I think they came in like a packet. Okay. You know, like Pop Rocks size packet? There you go. Put it in something I can understand. Right, okay. <laughs> so about a Pop Rocks amount was, I think, 50 bucks. All right. Um, and, yes, you, the, the people would take the home and chop it up and snort it or crazy, crazy people would inject it. Yeah. Um, some people smoked it. Some people just ate it. But it's, I think the, uh, the, the predominant way it was done was snorting it. Yeah, and the reason uh, – I think <clears> we probably already said this, but the reason it was called bath salts was because it very much looked like the stuff that you put in the bathtub right. to have a nice, quiet soak – they're very relaxing. You light a candle, put in some bath salts in your tub, which is very ironic because the drug is the opposite of that experience. Yeah, especially if you do too much. Yeah, by all accounts, um, bath salts will – actually, I'm going to just go ahead and read this because it's so great. Is this from the Smithsonian article? I think it's from our own, but it, it really describes the experience uh, such that why would anyone want to try this out? Uh, the bodies of bath salt users experience a smorgasbord of stress effects including rapid heart rate, high blood pressure, chest pains, fever, sweating, nausea, vomiting, nosebleeds, tremors, seizures, muscle agitation. Uh, these can lead to muscle damage, kidney failure, heart attack, stroke, and death. Uh, the brain boards an emotional, perceptual roller coaster of agitation, irritability, dizziness, insomnia, ticking slowly up hills of anxiety, and then diving into valleys of depression. Concentration grows difficult. Uh, thoughts might take a turn towards suicide or extreme paranoia. Fueled by delusions and, in some cases, hallucinations, all of which can culminate in panic attacks, hostility, or aggression. Right. Sounds great. Right. So what that was describing, from what I understand, was if you are a chronic user, and this stuff, we should say, was highly addictive. Yeah, worst-case worst scenario type of experience. Right, but it wasn't, like, out of the realm of possibility for just about anybody to have this kind of experience. Right. But it's not like if you snorted your first line of bath salts, like you're immediately, you know, you've gone nuts and you're having a horrible time. Right. The reason people try bath salts is because it usually, uh, at a normal dose, I guess, produced euphoria, mm -hmm. talkativeness, sociability, um, energy. Yeah, like a sexy drive. Is that yeah, right? yeah, it would increase your sex drive. And a lot of people likened it to a cross between cocaine and ecstasy. Right. And it was cheap. Um, yeah, that was another thing, too. Yeah, like you said, uh, again, the Pop Rocks thing, I don't know how much it took, but um, it, it was pretty cheap compared to, like, uh, the cocaine. <laughs> And the ecstasy, I think. Right. So, um, should we take a break? I guess so. All right. Well, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll, we'll hop into the bathtub again. <laughs> All right, Chuck, we're in the tub. We're soaking in it. It's very relaxing. Yeah. I think it's starting to permeate through the skin. Is that your foot? <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah. It's got a lot of hair on that toe. Uh, so here's here's why bath salts begin to make the news is because – and this is where it gets into a little bit of hysteria because sometimes these people were in fact on bath salts and did some uh, extreme things. And sometimes people were not on bath salts 
But a cop on the scene who talked to a reporter said, yeah, it sounds like bath salts to me. Right. And then all of a sudden it's reported that way. Yeah. There was a very famous case of that. Yeah. Most inf- infamously is the uh, the zombie cannibal Rudy Eugene or, yeah. in Miami. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Very disturbing. Yeah. Like um, there was a man named Rudy Eugene who completely out of the blue – uh, as he was walking around Miami one Saturday, just jumped on a homeless man that he saw. And over the course of like 18 minutes, ate his face. 18 minutes. Ronald Peppo is the name of the man. And he's recovered, actually. His, he doesn't have a face any longer. Uh, he doesn't have eyes or anything like really? that. Yeah. But Ugh. he's taken the opportunity to learn the guitar again. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's actually seemed like he's in high spirits and everything now. Huh. But uh, he was not in high spirits while Rudy Eugene was eating his face. No, and Eugene died on the scene. He was killed yeah. by cops, yeah, who, um, I, I, from what I read, it took multiple rounds to, to, to kill him. Yeah. Um, and making animal sounds. Yeah. Like, it was so disturbing, it immediately became a bath salt frenzy. But here's the thing, he was not on bath salts. No, a cop on the scene... Apparently said to a reporter, I, he's definitely got to be on bath salts. Right. And the entire media, the international media, took that and ran with it. Yes. Like you said, a month later, the tox report came out, and the only thing they found in the system was marijuana. Yeah, and you, and you don't hear <clears throat> uh, you don't hear much about the follow-up reporting usually. No, you don't. And as a matter of fact, as recently as I think 2016, this Forbes article we found um, mentioned – that CBS News was still reporting that the really that that episode was the result of a bath so- bath salts That's overdose. So lazy it is. So um, the fact that that happened in 2012, right in the peak of the the kind of hysteria that had been building over bath salts use, um, it it lent this this idea to bath salts that it turned you into a zombie mm-hmm. cannibal. Who is capable of like doing anything? Yeah, and and usually would become very physically violent. Was impervious to pain. Yeah, superhuman strength. Yep, took like fifteen cops to take him down. And the the media was reporting on this without facts. And somebody would do something crazy, and somebody would suggest it was bath salts, and the media would report that uh, the bath salts did this to this person. Right. A month later, a talk report would come back. There was no bath salts involved, but it was too late. So bath salts, and whether this is like unfair or not, it doesn't matter. The, sure. the point is this. The media was being extremely lazy, and they shaped public opinion over a drug in, in ways that should not have, have been shaped, and they should be taken to task for that. Yeah, and like uh, here's a quote I think from that Smithsonian article. It said, the description of bath salts uh, – present in these broadcast media reports was very different from the scientific literature on the topic, and it does not appear that the media took this particular source of information into account in reporting. Um, so basically... That's from that Forbes article. Oh, is that the Forbes mm-hmm. one? So basically, like, they were completely ignoring the science behind it, and all this notion of super strength uh, and psychosis... Mm-hmm which maybe could happen under the most extreme overdose right. addiction right. cases, <clears throat> was not – I mean, basically, like you said, it's talkativeness, uh, energy, euphoria. 
That's a long cry from a super strong zombie cannibal. Right. The thing that that strikes me is like I want to know what why Rudy Eugene did that. Yeah. Why? What what where did that come from? It was like do you remember many many years ago, I don't know, 10 15 years ago, there was a guy on a on a bus on the Trans-Canada Highway who yeah, out that. of nowhere pulls out a knife and stabs the guy sitting next to him, who he doesn't know and apparently hadn't even spoken to mm-hmm. on the bus ride, stabs him to death and then cuts his head off. Yeah, I remember that. And that guy supposedly had no history of violence, um, and it came out of nowhere. What makes somebody snap? Mm-hmm. What makes somebody chew someone else's face off? That's what the media should be finding out and reporting on. Yeah. Instead, they're just parroting, or in this case, they were parroting the supposition of one police officer right. who was on the scene and never followed up on the talks report. Right. Should we talk about the history a little bit? Yeah. It's very interesting. I'm sorry. Am I on a, uh, am I on a soapbox? I don't think so. Okay, good. No, like you're on a, a bar of soap. <laughs> All right. I can deal with that. <laughs> it's very I just, like an inch off the ground. I get so sick of myself sometimes, you know? No, 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 no. Uh, so bath salts his, uh, historically, and this is very surprising to learn, but – Synthetic cathinones um, came about in France in the 1920s, which is a shock to me. That was a swinging time for France. I bet it was. Uh, and it was um, – it didn't become like super popular and was all over the place. It kind of went back underground mm-hmm. until it was published. The recipe was published on the web uh, in the mid-2000s. Could you find who published it? I couldn't find – no, I mean... Some underground chemist found probably. it and published it. Yeah, and it was taken off the web, uh, or at least that website was shut down in 2004, but it was already out there. Yeah. And uh, there there are some other drugs that we need to mention that sort of are in the same category. Um, one is called uh, Hagagot, which was big in Israel, and I believe Hagagot was a synthetic version of the natural plant cot k-h-a-t yeah and cot um is it's a leafy plant that grows in i think the horn of africa and parts of uh, the middle east and it's kind of popular in those areas apparently it's just a part of everyday life like if you're a student cramming for tests uh-huh. you're going to chew cot leaves yeah. like you would chew tobacco if you're a redneck here in the u.s <laughs> or like you might brew a tea from it mm-hmm. um which you would drink at like social gatherings some people drink it in the morning it's it's often compared to coffee i've seen that it is far far stronger than coffee but it produces giddiness um euphoria uh something verging on anxiety and so cot is the natural version of what is it the synthetic cathinone okay but it's the natural version of the cathinone correct and so everything else is the synthetic version including bath salts right and that hagagat which was big in the middle east so there were different there are a lot of different versions it's not like um it's not like there was one bath salt recipe like I think that it was continually sort of changed. And all of these synthetic drugs, like we mentioned, that cycle, are constantly being tweaked and changed right? and are sort of different versions of the same thing. But so bath salts came about because, like I said, in 2010, mephedrone made a big splash on the U.K. club scene. Right. And mephedrone is kind of like a, it's like a, a an even more synthetic version of MDMA, right? Yeah. It produces similar effects, but it's a, a – why can't I say it? Cathinone? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cathinone, cathinone, cath. Okay, I got it. Uh, it's, meow, meow. It, it's a right. <laughs> it's a type of meow meow, right? Whereas uh-huh. MDMA is something else. Um, but mephedrone, what it does is it it forces a release of dopamine in it, the neurotransmitter, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's your happy feeling. That's part of the reward center, the pleasure center in the brain, and it forces that. Well, everybody loved mephedrone, and they said, well, if you love mephedrone, also known as meow meow. You're going to love mephedrone mixed with a couple of other drugs. Yeah, one called methylone. <clears throat> which is another cath- cathinone, yeah. <laughs> another type of meow meow. It does get a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and basically, from what I can tell, the reason that they say it's like cocaine and ecstasy is because of the combination of the things. Like one is like ecstasy uh-huh. and one is like cocaine. So two of them are like ecstasy. Oh, okay. Mephedrone and methylone are like ecstasy where both of those things go in and say, hey, neurons, release a bunch of dopamine. Right. So you've got more than usual. Mm-hmm. which feel-good stuff. Right. And then you've got MDPV. And I'm going to try saying this out loud because oh, I've practiced a couple would. of times. Let me see if I can. Uh, I didn't even highlight that word. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. Chuck, MDPV. <laughs> It looks like the alphabet. It's so long. <clears throat> Methylene dioxypyrovalerone. Whoa. Yeah. I told you I practiced. That was take one, everyone. Just yeah. so you know, that was not the magic of editing. <laughs> and MDPV is, I'm not sure if it's a cathinone or not, but what it does is it stimulates the release of norepinephrine. Mm-hmm. It also prevents its reuptake. But it also prevents the reuptake of dopamine. So you have two drugs that are forcing your neurons to release more dopamine and another drug that's stimulating your fight or flight response yeah. and is preventing that dopamine that's being released from being taken up. So it's just floating in your brain. Yeah, it's like a perfect storm of right. uh, brain activity. I guess if you're a drug user, the right kind of brain activity. Right. So, and these are three different drugs that people liked on their own that somebody mixed together. Yeah. Like, like, uh, MDPV is uh, supposedly produces feelings akin to cocaine, uh-huh. but like 10 times the impact of it. Yeah. I've seen in multiple sources. Um, and they mixed these three things together. That's what bath salts were. Correct. And so in 2010, uh, in the UK, poison control centers <clears throat> yielded, um, or fielded rather, 3,470 bath salt calls just from January to June, which is about 10 times the previous year's total. Uh, by 2011, mid-2011, uh, 28 states here in the United States had banned bath salts. And then finally, in October 2011, the DEA basically can can do this thing where they're like, Emergency. We don't. We're not even going to go through all the rigmarole. We're just going to say this stuff is federally banned. Yeah, Wolf Blitzer said it was dangerous, so we're going to ban it. Yeah, or actually, that that didn't ban it. It was uh, October. I'm sorry, July 2012. That was a federal government, right? When uh, Obama signed a federal ban, right, on a bunch of synthetic drugs, bath salts <clears> being one of them. But like you said before, that the DEA had the authority to be like, "This is outlawed. Yeah, we're not even. We're not going emergency. to Congress. The president has. Uh-huh. We're outlawing it." Yeah. And they did. Um, so mephedrone, uh, methylone, and MDPV were all outlawed, I think. And, by and the head of the DEA stood in front of America and said, meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just gave out meow, meow the boot. Uh, let's take another break, and then we'll come back and talk about all the reasons why you should not try bath salts right after this. 
So, Meow Meow. Um, yes, Meow. <laughs> what's that from? Super Troopers? Yeah, when they played the Meow game. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, so people may have heard like, oh, wow, 10 times greater than cocaine. Well, i got to try that. It's just like ecstasy, but even more potent. i got to try it. Don't try this. No. Um, and here are all the reasons why you should not try it, right? <clears throat> so, yes, it will produce feelings of euphoria, um, great sensations in you. Um, if you do a normal dose, you don't really know what a normal dose is. One of the big problems with this is that it was a designer drug, meaning that it never, it never spent any time in a legitimate pharmaceutical lab. Right. There was no research. There was no R&D. There was no testing, whether on like jailed inmates against their will or not. Mm-hmm. Nobody studied this stuff. They just did things like um, go over patents and medical literature to find compounds that sounded like, oh, I can work with that. I'm a chemist. Yeah. Let me adjust that a little bit and then give some to my neighbor, who I don't really care if they live or die, right. and then see what happens. And if they get off on it, I'm going to flood the British club market with it, right? That's what. That's how these drugs come out. So no one knows, no one who has any any idea what they're talking about knows what an actual dose should be. And the problem with with um, bath salts in particular and with uh, cathinones is that if you traipse into the overdose territory, which you very easily can, you're in big, big trouble. Yeah, this, um, I think it was the Forbes article you sent, uh, you know, all of those awful uh, side effects that I mentioned in, before we took that break. Mm-hmm. Um you can happen upon that rather accidentally. Right. And it said that quite often a bath salt user will get way more than they bargain for. Thereafter, the little little sexy drive and, hey, I'm up and I'm talkative and I'm feeling like I'm the king of the world. Yeah, and watch me tear my shirt in half. Right. And before you know it, you're you're clawing skin off your arm in a like a psychotic mm-hmm. break. Right. So that can happen if you overdose. It apparently also can happen um, if you're a chronic user, too. And apparently... You mean like Dr. Dre's chronic? Or you mean just a chronic user? (laughs) Right. Sometimes the two overlap. Okay. Um, But if you you abuse the drug and you uh, use it frequently, um, it can have all sorts of terrible effects on your... your, um, your, your, It will addict you. And the reason why, apparently, you see this kind of thing. Like any time a new drug comes out, and it's addictive, they'll say that it's X number of times more addictive right. than the most addri- addictive drug that came out last. Yeah, like you thought that was bad. <clears throat> right. So bath salts are frequently say, said to be like multiple times more addictive than meth or right. whatever. No one knows if that's true or not, but the point is this. It is highly addictive. And anyone who knows about how it hijacks your brain can tell you, yes, that's how drugs addict you. And a release of dopamine that... that um, stays in your system in your in your synapses longer than normal is going to create uh cravings you're going to become addicted to whatever substance does that to you so it's really easy to get addicted to the cathinones that are found in bath salts yeah you're and, altering your brain chemistry right and because of the prolonged effects that the these um these chemicals have on your brain um the hangover is really really bad and so you may want to use more to get back up again. Right. And again, when you use a use it a, 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 to a chronic degree, you're setting yourself up for those really horrible side effects that you can have. Yeah, that's, even without an overdose. Yeah, that's the vicious cycle of most of the feel good mm-hmm. drugs like that. 
is it uh, mm-hmm. your body adjusts and gets a little more used to it. You do more to get that same feeling. Mm-hmm. You're chasing that initial uh, rush or whatever that you get. And then before you know it, you're in bad shape right? as a person. Yeah. Very sad. So that's not like Nancy Reagan talk. Like, no, that's, that's real. That's – yeah. This is it's, – it's going to have terrible effects on you and it can be very addictive. This is your Uncle Josh and Chuck being real. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Uh, but as we said before and have peppered throughout the show, despite that, um, that doesn't change the fact that the media far exaggerated – the um, sometimes the effects of bath salts, but what they really did was exaggerated how much it was going on. Like, right. like at a certain point, I think they even found that CNN was reporting this massive uptick when, in fact, it was actually going down in usage. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if it was the DEA outlawing the ingredients and it made it harder to get or if the kids who were using it, and apparently it was largely a drug of um, the younger generation. Yeah. Um just said, this is whack, I'm done with this, and stopped using it. But it clearly peaked in 2011, and usage was halved by 2012. Yeah, it says here, in 2011, poison control calls, uh, and that should tell you how bad this thing is. <laughs> right. That's, that's, how, that's how they rank that's it. That's the proxy for <laughs> use. Uh, 6,138 calls in 2011 compared to 2,654 in 2012. Um, and this is while CNN, and we're not picking on them, like a bunch of news outlets were calling it an epidemic. Right. And it never really was. It was always sort of a niche, smallish time drug. Sure. Um, and one of the other things, though, that they did was say, like, it, it will turn you into this violent psychotic who will right. chew a face. So um, when the DEA outlawed the constituent drugs of bath salts. Um, the meow meow. <laughs> Man, I love that. <laughs> um, there was actually supposedly there's a Chinese Walter White who was oh, sentenced really? to life in prison, known only as Zhang. Nice. But he was a chemist who apparently traveled abroad to Europe or somewhere overseas and found, like, there was a big demand for mephedrone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, oh, I know how to make that. So he made, like, 425 pounds of it wow. and was selling it over the Internet via Bitcoin before the Chinese caught him. On the dark web. Yeah, I guess so. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so guys like that were were – Guys like that who weren't arrested, I should say, went back and said, oh, okay, well, let me alter this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now there's a second generation of bath salts coming out right. that are, again, synthetic cathinones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called uh, Alpha PVP, okay. better known as Flocka. Oh, is that what that is? Flocka. I've heard of F-L-A-K-K-A. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, finally I know what Waka Flocka means. And I looked it up. <laughs> I'm like, no, spelled differently, has yeah. nothing to do with one another. Uh, still, the quest continues. Right. But um, Flocka apparently, if you want to see some whack stuff, mm-hmm. look up people freaking out on Flocka on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And there are plenty of like high on bath salts videos right. on YouTube before. Flocka seems like it might actually be worse. Really? Yeah. And what are these friends <clears throat> saying, oh, look at Timmy? I don't, I see, yeah, He's some of them are. freaking out. We're going to put this on YouTube. One I saw was this lady, I think in Miami, who was in one of the weirdest positions I've ever seen on the <laughs> ground next to a car, but was like had her, her leg back against the car mm-hmm. and was like screaming at somebody to bring it on even though she like couldn't move on the ground. Weird. 
just under her own will, she uh-huh. couldn't move. Um, and some guy, I guess, is just sitting there with his phone, like recording her. Which you can't really blame him because this is like out in the that. middle. That of, sounds familiar. Yeah, and somebody goes, "Are you on something?" <laughs> you think? Yeah, let's just put like a perfect little period on that. But if you if you see those videos and then see like bath salt videos, it seems like Flocka may even be a little worse. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're kind of laughing at this because that's we try to lighten the mood about stuff. But obviously, there's nothing funny about someone under the ravages of a drug addiction. Sure. Um, even if some some yokel films it on their phone, right, and throws it on YouTube for the world to laugh at, uh, it's very sad. Thank you for rescuing that story. <laughs> well, I just want to be clear. You know, it's, yeah. it's super sad um, that <clears throat> these chemists these chemists aren't the ones doing the drugs for the most part, don't you think? I would guess probably not. You know, they're just creating something in a lab to sell and make money off of that destroys lives, right? You know. Um, luckily though, Chuck, with Flocka, um, the highest you get off of Flocka is by vaping it. And fortunately, nobody vapes. Right. So <laughs> it'll probably, it's actually supposedly falling to the wayside already. But that's another good study on, um, on media hysteria as well. Yeah. The media started to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. There was a kid in Florida. Austin Haroof. Austin Haroof beat a couple to death. Stabbed, killed. Didn't know. They, he just happened to be walking past their house, and they, I think, were sitting in their garage. Such a disturbing case. <clears throat> and he walked up to him and killed him. He chewed on one of their faces. Mm-hmm. He was reported to be growling like an animal or whatever. And the first thing everybody said was, that guy was on Flocka. Yep, it was a, the sheriff on the scene, like just like it always happens. Yep. Someone stuck a microphone in his face, and he's like, looks like Flocka to me. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Austin Haroof, the 19-year-old Florida State frat boy uh, was a Flocka uh, abuser who did this awful, awful thing. But they found no Flocka in his system. No, he did do that awful thing. And by all accounts, it was uh, just a psychotic episode. Right. Again, he had not been on Flocka. The tox report showed no Flocka in his system, just like Rudy Eugene, just like that guy on the bus in Canada. What what this is the real question mm-hmm. of the podcast what happens to make somebody do that i don't know i mean these are the cases where uh obviously well in rudy eugene's case he died but there needs to be some way that there's an automatic brain donation yeah in cases like this agreed and so I, they can study what the heck is going on. I guess it, it's. It, I guess you can kind of like let the media off the hook a little bit, or certainly let the public off the hook, because you want to give explanation to behavior like that. Yeah. You don't want to think that anybody could just be walking around and suddenly snap. Mm-hmm. You want to think that they have to be on something right. that overtakes their willpower, yeah. takes over their humanity and rids them of it and turns them into a monster. Not that we're all just mo- ticking time bombs. Yeah, I mean, when you when you read interviews uh, like a year later with that kid in Florida, like he said that the demon was after him. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to him today, he's like, I feel, you know, I think he literally said, this sucks. Like, this thing happened. I don't know why it happened. Right. I feel fine now. Um, so can you guys let me go? <laughs> yeah, that's not quite how it works. Right. But, um, 
and I'm not saying like have sympathy for this kid. It's it's a weird. Well, if he had a psychotic break, that it's a had, weird thing there. He though. had like no control over. Uh-huh. I feel a tremendous amount of sympathy for him. I do. I certainly feel it for his victims as yeah. well and their families. Yeah, I think but if that's this kid the thing. just like like lost his marbles and got violent and uh-huh. he had no control over it, really honestly, then right. yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's one of those things where there there are many victims and it's yeah. a tragedy on many fronts. Yeah. But by all accounts, in his case, it wasn't even like he was abused as a child. And uh, I mean, I think it literally things happen sometimes with the brain and there's something physical that happens in the body. Right. Some chemical something happens in the brain. Uh, we don't know what it is, but that's the only explanation. Right. So field of psychiatry. Stop sitting around congratulating yourselves and get to work figuring out what happens. <laughs> Is that what's going on? And then lastly, um, there's one more new bath salt out on the market called 4MEC. And this one is the only other one that has a uh, rival nickname to Meow Meow. It's called Shrimp. You know, Emily sells bath salts in her store. I remember this was like, <laughs> okay, are those bath salts or right. bath salts? But she uh... – I mean, it's not in the news so much anymore, but it would be funny if she had to have a sign up said, bath salts, not those bath salts. Right. These are your mom's bath salts. Right. Instead of not your mother's bath salts. But if your mom was on bath salts, then they would be her <laughs> bath salts. It'd get confusing. Yes. All right. Well, if you want to know more about bath salts, go read about it. Don't go try them yourself, okay? Uh, and since we said that, it's time for a listener mail. All right, I'm going to call this uh, a little 1,000-episode congrats and a little Simpsons part. I love you. A little Simpsons ditty. Hey, guys, congratulations on 1,000 episodes. Hope you know how much joy and laughter you brought to all of us over that milestone. As I tuned into the Simpsons Part 2 on Thursday, I was on a flight to Salt Lake City to interview for a position in a program pursuing uh, my doctorate or physical therapy. Needless to say, the whole day had an anxious... I was anxious and uh, not knowing what to expect. For my first interview, and I had a long day of traveling. It put me on edge. But man, the two-parter on The Simpsons soothed my soul and put me at ease. Man, comma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it said. Uh, my flight landed, got the rental car, drove to my hotel, starving, having missed dinner. Had to settle for some ramen out of the vending machine. Ooh. Sounds delicious. Yeah, is that bad? <laughs> uh, I sat down on the questionable hotel comforter to eat my dinner and watch some TV before grabbing some pillow. Turned on the TV, was almost creeped out to hear the Simpsons theme song playing as a new episode was beginning to play on uh, whatever channel it just happened to be on. Right. Which would be Fox. Yeah. Destiny, fate, chance, whatever you call it. Uh, Joy instantly struck me and actually laughed out loud at myself. The two-parter really brought back memories of childhood and trying to watch episodes of the Simpsons sneakily without my parents knowing because my mom thought it was the worst thing possible for my young eyes and ears. Mm -hmm. It was quite comical to me that here I was on the eve of what could be a huge turning point for my career. And what is getting me through the self-doubt, anxiety, and uncertainty was a podcast by chance in an episode of The Simpsons. So thanks for all your hard work. You guys brought so much happiness to all your listeners. You've turned me into the best dinner party fact nerd out there. Nice. Much love, Jared. Thanks a lot, Jared. Much appreciated. That's a good one. Yeah, I hope you got your job, buddy. Yeah, same here. Let us know, will you? For Jeez. sure. Okay, uh, well, if you want to get in touch with us like Jared did, you can hang out with us. I'm on Twitter at Josh Um Clark. Hey, also check out my website. It's com. Whoa. 
Chuck's on Facebook.com slash Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Correct. And Stuff You Should Know. And uh, you can send all of us, including Jerry, an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And then join us at our home on the web, the official stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 